What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Here alone in studio today, so if you tune in for Yosef, you know, come back next episode. Actually, we're gonna have you. We're gonna have him here at the end. I'm gonna call him up, see if maybe we can catch him on the road on his way out from work. He had a couple of good news story finds for us, and uh, also a bunch of people send me some nice words from last week's episode. They really liked the Starbucks bit. A couple people emailed me. They tweeted me. Uh, Robbie the Fire on Twitter. Facebook, Robbie Bernstein, um, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. People uh, emailed me with some nice words. And so the rest of you who didn't send an email and have something nice to say, you know, you should contribute to making me feel good too. You know, you're just listening to this every week for free. You don't send me a single email. Rob's news. Man, do I sound like an old Jewish lady right now. Uh, All right. Let's get right into the news, everybody. No Yosef. So there's no reason to waste time. We can get right into some of the big stuff that happened this week. And the the first thing that I'd like to bring up is I probably need to turn off that music in the background. But this is a good jam right here. We'll get started right after this. We don't have a lot of content anyway, so hang out. Right, that's enough of that. You can listen to Ween on your own time. That's from Johnny on the Spot live in Chicago. That whole uh, that whole uh, live concert is unbelievable. But you didn't tune in to listen to Ween. You tuned in to listen to me, and that's very kind of you. So let's get into it. Uh, so the first thing I want to bring up is this was a headline that caught my eye. Trump told Comey he wasn't in Moscow long enough to make a P tape. But how long do you really need to be in Russia to make a P tape? Like, I almost feel like if you're going to Russia and one of the things you want to do is get peed on by hookers, it's probably like the first thing you do. Like when you're planning out your vacation, you're you're turning to Milan, you're like, Melania, I'll do whatever you want while you're there. But we got to get this peeing on hooker things out of the way. If I'm flying all the way to Russia, I want to get peed on by some quality hookers. And that's got to be like the first thing, you know, I do. Now, here's what makes Trump such an idiot is that he thinks he needs to respond to everything. That's kind of what gets himself into trouble. You know, like people can say anything and he just he needs to address it. He can't just let it slide, which is why I wish the news is the news baited him more. Like they keep going with the Russia thing to to make him look like an idiot. It, forget that. Just just complete falsehood. Just bait him into responding to these things. Like I would love to see a new like a dude on the news just being like, yo, I was hanging out with Donald Trump. That guy ate nachos out of my ass. He's a weird guy. He eats nachos out of my ass. And then, you know, Trump would just be pacing around in the White House being like, I don't even like nachos. That's Mexican food, okay? I don't know where he's talking. I've never eaten nachos my whole life, okay? Never once. I don't eat Mexican things. I don't like Mexicans. I, I made it very clear. Now, that's one of the really funny things if you read the uh, the Comey memos is, um, which, by the way, not a great read. Don't don't take that comment that I just said and feel like you missed out on Comey memos where you're like, oh, shit, should I have read that? Not a good read. But anyways, um, Trump was pushing Comey to investigate the P-tapes. He wanted the FBI to allocate time and resources to 
verifying the fact that the P-tapes didn't exist. Which, that can't be a good way to get people to forget about these supposed P-tapes. Which, by the way, the more he tries to run away from it, the more I'm like, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump likes getting peed on by hookers. Which, who am I to judge? I, You know, if you were as wealthy as Trump, you had as much sex as he did with porn. Who knows how weird you would get with it? I can't tell you. I, I don't have Trump's money. Um, <laughs> but there's no way that that would help his cause if you were reading in the newspaper every day another report about the FBI's investigation into the Trump's P tapes, that wouldn't like you would be like, why is the FBI looking into this? Is this a real thing? You know, like that would make it real. Can you imagine if Comey, if he allowed Comey to stay on because Comey actually took his request of investigating the P tapes and you turn on the, you know, Comey had a whole thing like after six months of research and being in Russia, we can soundly confirm that Donald Trump, in fact, was not peed on by hookers. He did spend time with hookers, but there was no urine exchanged between them. Ridiculous. All right, here's my take on the Comey memos. I know that's uh, kind of last week's news, but we, we only do this once a week, you know? And uh, you, you only have Ray Goots on and available so often, so I couldn't get into this topic then. All right, so first is the guy's writing his novel while he's on the job. It's very clear why he's, you know, going home at the end of every night and writing these detailed things. He knows he's coming out of this with a good book deal. And, you know, so it, why, why, why are you doing your private work on government time? God bless him. I guess he had the foresight to do that. Now, the whole thing of, like, they almost look at it like, well, he, he had these memos, and so clearly that's the accurate portrayal of what happened, which to me, I'm more looking at it as like, hey, here's my side of the story while it was fresh in my mind. That's essentially what it is. It's not, like, it's still his word versus that person's word. It's just one person decided to sit down and document his word in a way that he knew would, would like, then be... It, you understand? It's like the appeal to authority. He knew that he could cross-reference his own notes of the events that he attended as validation for what... or verification of what his side of the story was going to be. That's not, like, really evidence of anything, in my opinion. And then the last thing, you got to read these things because it is a dude who thinks he's so self-important. The details in here are like, and, and then we went into this room for dinner, and while he talked to me in this tone, I prefer to be spoken to in this tone. And it, it's gross. The documentation in this guy's feeling of self-importance. And while granted, I'm doing a podcast right now and kind of doing the same thing and that I do stand up and he gets paid better for it, it it's a different level of grossness. So I, I say... Uh, for those interested in the Comey memos, you can go read them yourselves. You know, you could, you could come up with your own opinion. Maybe we could start the, uh, the run your mouth book club where people share their thoughts on things that weren't even interesting, but okay, moving on. You had that French guy, Macaroon. I, I don't think that's the way his name is pronounced, but have you ever eaten a Macaroon? It's like, uh, if, when I was a kid and you observe Passover, there weren't good snacks, and everyone knows how important good snacks are to me and Mr. Yosef, and that becomes your go-to. It's a macaroon. I think in France, they actually make, I've heard like they make uh, really good macaroons. They're not like the crappy Jewish Passover macaroons. The crappy Jewish ma Passover macaroon is like a mound of like wet coconut. I kind of like coconut, and sometimes they would throw like chocolate chips or other things in there. Maybe uh, they'd make it a little bit exotic. If, um... I don't know, if you're real stoned on Passover and you got nothing else, it, it's kind of funny to work your way through an entire can of macaroons. That shows the desperation for snackage. Um, but yeah, you know, you can sacrifice for the Lord, but not having snacks available. Moving on. So this guy, the macaroon guy, 
He's up in Congress. I tune in for the speech. I go, hey, this is a big moment. Foreign leader. He's addressing our Congress. I want to see what this guy has to say. So he's up there and he just keeps talking about the special U.S. French bond. And I had enough. I was like, just get to the point, you fucking French queef. Well, I don't need to hear about the special bond between the U.S. And no one gives a shit. It's like, what are you doing for me today? He's like going all the way back to, and you know, we fought together in the Civil War and we fought against the British and we've always stuck to, like, I don't, it, no one in the U.S. gives a shit about France. I'm sorry. I, I, I've met anyone who's ever been like, oh, I feel more connected to France than some of those other countries out in Europe. You know, no one gives a shit. Make your point. What, what are you talking about? And now I'm calling it right here, right now, because Trump keeps suckering people. He's been doing this like his whole time in office where he's someone's best. In a week from now, you're just going to see him in the Oval Office being like, fuck that French guy. I don't give a shit. Like, what he they, they, those stupid people over like this is what this is what to me Trump is. People like. They all pretend like they hate him, and then all of a sudden, if Trump actually likes them, this was like kind of the, the Romney thing. Everyone pretends like he hates them. To me, they're like, he's like this slutty chick that when you finally get her attention, she's super fun, she's super hot, and like, you think like, oh wow, like, I slept with this chick, she's gonna be like my girlfriend now, I think I'm like the one person who's actually, and then like, a week later, they're just off, and that's what all these people are being suckered by, they get suckered by, oh, I think I actually won, I actually think Trump likes me, I think we're gonna work together, I'm gonna be the one guy who really, you know, um, gets Trump to work my agenda, and he's just using people. This is his thing. He pretends like he's your best friend in the whole world as long as you're on his side. And then a second later, he'll just tell you to go fuck himself. Like, and and people are like, I, I thought Trump. I thought we had like that special thing going. I thought this was gonna be me and you against the world, and we're gonna take care of the Iran deal. It's like no, buddy. You're just falling for his shit. All right. Here was another article I read. Trade team will visit China. Washington, President Donald Trump said he is sending a delegation of six of his top economic advisors to Beijing, three of which are still expected to have jobs when they get there. <laughs> now, this is what's great about the trade team that's supposedly going to visit China. From this Wall Street Journal article, they were saying that the team itself is divided, that amongst the people that are divided, people keep changing their minds. Trump's not giving them a clear strategy or vision for this. And what I love, this is like a negotiation tactic. You sit down, you're like, listen, like China's to the U.S. They're like, listen. We understand that you're upset with some of our trade policies. We want to make this work out. Obviously, trade benefits both of us. You know, both of us being at war with each other. It's no good. You tell us what you want, and we're going to make it happen. And, and they're just like, anyone Anyone here know what we want? Anyone? Anyone? No? Okay. Now, here was the other big news stories this week. You had this uh, Ronnie Jackson fellow, new VA pick. He was trying to become the new head of the VA. People had all sorts of complaints against him. Let's take a look at some of the complaints. Senator John Tester of Montana out, um, out made allegations he received, no, he outed allegations he received that Dr. Jackson belittled lower-ranking employees, drank to excess on overseas trips, and handed out prescriptions like candy, walking down the aisles during flights, dolling out drugs to help people fall asleep and wake up. In the White House, they call him the Candyman. How great is this guy? I mean, this could be the perfect fit for the VA. The VA is an organization treating people with uh, depression, PTSD, suicidal thoughts, sleep disorders. What could be better than a good old-fashioned party guy? Uh, you know, just change things up. A good pick-me-up. Hey, let's get some. Let's just get some drugs out there. Let's party. The other thing is he looks good for a dude who parties hard. This is an inspirational figure. This, I mean, he just good looking dude for a person of his age who's partying hard. He's doing something right. Seems to me like he's a winner. I'd like to hear more of what he's uh, what he's got in store for these veterans. All right, here's the next thing I want to read. 
the compilation, the compilation of allegations by the Democratic staff on the Senate um, Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, which was assembled from accusations by roughly two dozen current and former colleagues of Dr. Jackson, said that he had a private stock of controlled substances and suggested that he took advantage of lax record keeping of drug inventories in the White House medical unit, which to me, that sounds like a person who knows how to seize a good opportunity. Good for you. This guy's got a business sense. They're just letting, you know, stockpiles of drugs there. They're not keeping a record. They're not keeping under lock and key. I respect what you're doing. Someone who, how could I trust a person who's just going to not take advantage of an opportunity like that? All right, a little bit more. Once missing Percocet threw the medical staff into a panic, the report found. It was revealed later that Dr. Jackson had provided a large supply to a staffer in the White House military office. So the guy's good at sharing. Sounds to me like this could be the perfect fit. I want to give this person my stamp of approval. All right, for our next news story, it was something that, um, oh, by the way, the VA, it's a socialist mess of a medicine program. These guys couldn't, you can watch, we did an old Rob's Newsroom about it. Um, I, I turned it from a stand-up bit into a Rob's Newsroom thing because the stand-up bit was a little too dark for your casual audience. But when they were first trying to make uh, Obamacare, I was doing the joke of, of about, and this was true, that they're claiming that they can provide us healthcare. That's that's the government's claim. They're claiming that they can provide us healthcare. Meanwhile, the people that actually gave their life in service to this country are calling up a suicide hotline and being put on hold. The VA is the ultimate in government can claim all day, hey, we're going to provide you with these social services, but here's what happens when they actually try and do it. Their track record is horrific. Well, I, I think if you guys listen to this show, I think you know how uh, the extent by which socialism doesn't work. So we don't have to go down that ranting rabbit hole. Instead, let's give our good friend, Senior Feldstein, a call, see if we can catch him on the road because he had some good news stories for us. Hello. Mr. Feldstein, how are you, buddy? How talking to you? Great. I'm on my left home from work. This is this is peak safe. Why are you actually like in I always found when I left work my brain was a little fried. I was kinda out of it. Sometimes like I would just kinda be in a daze and if I was being disciplined I'd go to the gym and I'd kinda get myself out of the daze by working out. If I wasn't being disciplined I'd just go drink or overeat. But you find when you leave no. work you're actually in a good mood? No. I'm I'm kinda out of the gym game. Um for quite some time now, but, uh, no, I find myself when I'm leaving work, that's, like, my happiest, because I, I finally have some little, little slice of time for myself. Is that basically the slice of pie is the amount of time you sit in your car till you get to your house? <laughs> exactly, that's, like... That's like Yosef time. Right. So the, uh, am I, so is this me intruding in on Yosef time or like this is a good usage of oh, Yosef no, time? I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to share some Yosef time with you. Well, okay. I'm, well, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on the horn. There's a lot that I want to discuss, but the first thing I want to bring up with you on the phone is you had a pretty good news story fine this week. What, uh, what news story? I feel like I'm, I'm flowing with news stories. It's hard to keep track of, of the ones that I have. Well, the only one that you sent my way, and now I'm a little bit upset that you're holding out on me with good news stories, uh, was the burrito thief. Oh, the, the fajita guy. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. even I even fucked that up. Fajita to burrito. I apologize. Well, bur- bur- burritos would have been kind of normal for a guy to be slaying, but this guy was was uh kind of he, he I think he the news story was that he got convicted and thrown in prison for the for this, but he uh. 
for about 10 years, this guy was selling fajitas in the black market. I don't even know how that is possible because fajitas are like, it's like something you kind of like take out of the oven on one of those skillets. So like, it's one thing if you could wrap up a burrito or a taco, but this guy's selling black market fajitas. Nothing made sense of this. And the scale that he was doing, I think he, he, was, he sold, I don't know, over $2 million worth of fajitas over 10 years. Some, some sort of crazy scam that this guy was pulling off. But, uh, well, yeah, they you're... finally shut him down. But uh, I think there's opportunity for me and you to step into this. <laughs> after, we, after we learn a little bit about what's involved in the black market fajita game, I think there's opportunity for, for me and you with my... With my trading skills and your sales tactics, we could be lethal. Right, and there's clearly a big hole in the black fajita market. Like, who would have thought that there was $10 million worth of black market fajita business to be done? So clearly, with this guy being locked up, someone's going to have to... There's going to be a new underground fajita king. It's like drug lords. You take one down, a new one steps in. So this is like a really unexplored market opportunity. That's what I'm saying. I think think we just... We just need to learn a little bit about the business, and we just kind of step right in. Unless there have been people who've been plotting for for some time now to that they're all systems go now that that this guy's gone, but. You know, I think it's worth a shot. I also love that, like a drug bus, when they went to raid his house, there were just fajitas everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like they couldn't even do anything in the drug in the in the bus because, like, things were just so hot. Like everything was sizzling, like all over the place. They couldn't they couldn't like maneuver through all the fajita pans uh, to be able to reach him. Like. Do you think that's what? Do, do you think after that raid, the cops like have a luau? I mean, like a Mexican theme party where they eat all these fajitas, or do you think it's like drug evidence where they have to just burn it? <laughs> or maybe, or maybe they put it into a closet for an underground fajita sting. You know, like they got the product ready to go. Maybe they can set somebody up. Now, what yeah. was what was disappointing about the news coverage in this story is that. This is a really wacky headline, and they didn't give you any of the dirty deets. Like, they don't tell you who he was selling these to, how, like, he facilitated these deals, where is all this product going, how much... And he's a skinny guy, so he clearly wasn't, like, just binging out on fajitas. They really left a lot to the imagination, which is, to me, a little bit disappointing. I want some more information on this. There was was, uh, a lot left to... Nothing about this made any sense. I, I think, like... Maybe there were maybe fajitas is actually like a code word for something else. I don't know. Like uh, I, I, it just maybe like, maybe what he was doing was really really epic, and they don't want like copycats to start stepping into the fajita game. You know, like oh, because if they actually spell out a little bit of how he was doing this, then it just the fajita market would just kind of it would hit a bubble and. Just, Things would go go wild. Yeah, like he, he had nineteen girlfriends. He was driving around in a Hummer. He had a whole team that was doing collections. Like it was a pretty like you could make the Scarface movie out of this fajita guy. He's the biggest anyone's ever been in the fajita game. It's it's really it, I am um, it's my mind is blown. I and agree. That's why that's that's the I that's the one story I share with you because it's just so mind blowing and shocking. So what were the stories that you held back on? What were the other ones that you came across that were of interest? Oh, no, I have, I have no clue. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the whale. This is the, 
the big fish that I, uh, I got you. I, uh, All right. Well, while I have you on the horn, I do have some, co- a few other things I wanted to discuss with you. The first is I, I got, when do you have like one guy that you go to for your haircuts? What's, what's your haircut game? Oh, great question. I've been kind of across the, the board in terms of haircuts. I've definitely evolved over the years. Um, I started out um, going with my dad, and I kind of continued after I was going on my own. Because this one guy in Stanford, um, I don't even know if you, it, it was uh, a guy on Hope Street. But yeah, that's classic. I classic. I used to go there for years, man. Those were, uh, they loved the Jews right your, by the police station. Bill Rosa, or did you have someone else? No, I was Ricky. Ricky was my guy, and then I oh, liked Ricky was your guy. Ricky was my Ricky guy. Was a talker. And then I also liked the the Muslim dude a lot. Oh, okay. So we we went to the same place, but we're across different people. I was strictly a Bill guy until it, he passed. Was Bill the was Bill the really old guy? Bill was the super old guy. Even when I was like way younger. It seemed like he was 92 years old. Like he right. was perpetually like on the doorstep of death, but he cut my hair for like a good 15 to 20 years. Right. I had a joke uh, about that guy, and it was it was similar to that. This is like in year one of stand-up, but I had some story about when he accidentally like cut my ear. But one of the, one of the punchlines was like, what, what was amazing to me about this guy was he was old when I started going there, and now he was old plus like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm that trying- was Bill. Yeah, and, and when I found out that he died, it was kind of like, what? Like, you know, that can't be like that can't be right. He just he he can't die. Like that guy's just an old dude who's kind of. I don't know. What was I, yeah? What I I always, I always joked with those guys because every time I went in there, they always had the news on. So I used to joke with them that they they probably knew more about what was going on in the world than anyone else. Like that was before I followed oh, the news. Well, I'd say. That's with, like, old-school barbershops in general, where they just had, like, the pulse on the, on the, like, whole beat. Like, everyone was talking, like, just Stanford politics and bullshit like that, like, at that place. Right. Okay. So, I also went there for years. So, now, what's your current... Hold on. I'm not not done with uh, this place. Okay. Did you ever see the, uh, the, uh, Playboys and, like, nudie mags that they had at that place? So people, it was rumored to me that those existed. I don't know how, because I'm like, I got a dog's nose for finding porn, especially as a kid. So I don't know how that went unnoticed by me. However, wow. however, back in the, the, the good old days, well, not really the good old days, maybe it was better for my health, but when like you couldn't just get porn on the internet the way you can now, a friend of mine stole a couple penthouses out of there. So I do know about the fact that those existed but in my entire time of hanging out there i never saw someone just sitting like i never saw them yeah they i don't i didn't see anyone looking through them but they were always present they were on like the top of the um coat rack so like it was kind of like hidden away from kids from there but like who the fuck kind of is sitting at the barber shop <laughs> just flipping through a porno <laughs> yeah like Oh, I gotta wait five minutes for my barber. Might as well just, you know, get a little porn in. Work with this Playboy, Playboy, Playboy. What the fuck is Playboy? 
Yeah, what, um, but yeah, I love that because it, it did have like a family friendly vibe in there. A lot of Jews went there. You go in, they'd be like, oh, so how's your dad? How's the community? I love the thought of someone just sitting at that bench, flipping through, you know, one of those dirty penthouses and being like, oh, yeah, wife is good. Kids are, you know, it's, it's such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so what's yeah. your, what's your, was, yeah. So what's your current barber my, game? My current thing um, also has kind of evolved in a way. I used to, um, there was a guy who um, was right by my my office up until we moved about a year ago. Um, but that guy, like, I would wait for him. It was a, he was the owner of the place. There were like three or four other barbers also, but like Khalid was my guy because he just the thing about him, like, which was a nice uh, update from Bill Rosa. He Speedy as fuck, and like just efficient and like really good. It's like that's what I want in my haircut. Like I don't, I don't need the chit chat. I don't need the, you know, like kind of like artist type of vibe. It's like just cut my fucking hair. I say thank you, and I'm on my way. Like that's what I want. Um, so sometimes I still go to him, but now I kind of I'm on rotation, kind of wherever I am because that's not right by my office anymore. Got you. So I got the same thing as you and that I like what's quick and I like what's kind of close to me and convenient. I don't want to make a production out of going to, you know, having to get a haircut. I'm kind of lazy. I don't do it that often. I I want to get in, get out and kind of get, you know, a decent cut. So in my area, I experimented at one point in time with like just the barber shops that were close to me, but they kind of had a Puerto Rican thing and they kept giving me lineups, which just looked retarded. Like I'm, I'm Connecticut white. I can't have anything urban going on in my hair. It doesn't work. Like, you know what I mean? I need a simple cut. I don't need, uh, I, I don't know what you know what a lineup is, but it's like, they give you like these firm edges. They give you like a box on the top of your head. It looked retarded. And I would tell them like, Hey guys, none of the fancy shit. And like, it was just their own personal pride that they couldn't give a haircut without giving you the fancy shit. So recently, <laughs> recently I finally found this guy in my area and he's great. Firstly, I'm with you that I almost prefer not chit chat, but this guy, he makes excellent chit chat. Like, his chit chat level is off the hook. He, he make like we 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 may even could have him on the podcast sometime. This guy he makes good friendly chit chat. I once left a book there, came back a month later, and he's like, "Hey man, you left this book." He kept the book for me, and he does. This guy gives good haircuts. Like I'm telling you, I, I've become. I hate to say this about myself. I've become a little finicky in, in, in my later years. That back in the, it would be like I literally just sit down. Hey man, just cut it, make me look less stupid. Now it's like I, I need a two on the side, scissor the top, make me look less bald. And some people are good at that. And some people just ruin it. Like I'm telling right. you, like I, I'm actually. Uh, what, what can I say? I'm, I'm going bald. I don't like the fact that I'm going bald. I need someone who can kind of you know work some magic on the top of my that. head. Yeah. Yeah. So I here's my question for you. I had the last time I went in there. It was him, and then there was like an, uh, there was another guy waiting to get his haircut, and then there's another barber there, and it's clear that the second person is waiting for the guy I like, so I feel bad, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go with the other guy. Uh, like, I, I just oh uh, no, if you have your guy, you wait for him. So I, that's the way I feel is that you like you wait for your guy. It's your guy. You got a relationship with him. He knows how to cut your hair. You guys are good. But on this occasion, I just, I felt bad that the other guy just has no business. I'm like, all right, let me give him a try. And I got to be honest, he botched it. And when I say, yeah, he, when I say. I could have told Bedroom from a mile away. You, right. knew, you knew the second you, you like settled for him. He, he could have been a great barber. But you know, the second that, like, in your head, like, oh, I kind of feel bad for this guy, just give him a shot. 
So I, I hear that, but and then here's the thing about the botch job. Then I'm, I'm walking around slightly self-conscious for like an entire month till my next. Like it's like it's not like a small botch job. It's like now I got I'm like looking around for my old hats again. You know what I mean? It's not like a little thing. Like all right, whatever. I don't look. You know what I mean? It's like it's kind of a th- it's kind of a thing. So the, yesterday, um, I, I was gonna go get a haircut, but uh, cleanse myself from this horrific haircut and go to my guy. Now, how do you handle that situation? Because it was the same exact thing. My guy's cutting someone's hair. The other guy's just open. And I don't have it in me to walk in and be like, hey, I'm going to wait for this person. It just makes me... I don't know why it makes me feel shitty, but it does. So I'm wondering what's... That's your your own damn fault, Rob. You got to kind of have the balls to say, I'm going to wait two, three people, but I want my guy. Like, barbers, I feel like, have that understanding. Like, Like, they understand. Like, they each have their people... And they know that their customers have their guys, too. So you're just like, I'm sure that's part of like Barber School 101 that like, hey, don't get don't get in the way of the fact that this guy's got his guy. Yeah, like it's it's totally normal, acceptable behavior to be like, I'm waiting for my guy at a barber. All right. I, I, okay, you say that's a hundred percent. You didn't have the, the stone <laughs> to step up and uh, and tell this this other schlub guy, schlub barber, that you were gonna wait for your guy. So you're saying that's one hundred percent okay barber etiquette that you walk in and you go, "Hey, I'm waiting for my dude," and the fact that I feel guilty about that is just me being like a crazy person. Not a crazy person. I I understand the feeling, but. Like, that's still on you. All right, fair enough. So I'll tell you, I realized, I, firstly, I was trying to go, like, at an hour that I knew that there wasn't going to, like, I thought there'd be no one there. I think I went, like, at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday when only me and the other unemployed people who can afford to get a haircut would be at the barbershop. Because I just, because I figured if I timed it like that, the seat would be open and then it wouldn't be awkward. So I walk, by the way, it's raining out. I walk past the place and I see, like, he's kind of finishing up with the person. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I scouted it out? Yeah, I'm like, why don't I just wait? I'm like, why don't I wait till that chair's open? That way I don't have to like sit down and talk to the other guy, feel all uncomfortable. I'm gonna end up caving and getting a shitty haircut. I'm like, I'll just wait. So now I'm kinda like I'm like scooping like around the corner. It almost looks like I'm I'm waiting to like rob the place. Um, you know, I'm like staring from across the street. I keep pacing back and forth, I'm casing the place. And like when I first approached, it looked like the guy was just about getting his haircut done. And then I was just kind of like pacing back and forth. I'm telling you, like every time I passed back in front of the place, I could see through the mirror, the guy being like, okay, I need you to make this one change. <laughs> Turned into like 15 minutes of just being outside walking around being like, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I like, I like that move by you. That's and how the, the haircut turned out in the end. Uh, it was okay. I think, uh, I think what I'm trying to, the, the, the situation I'm trying to hide is kind of growing worse, so th- there's only so much that can be done. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that you, uh, stuck it out with your guy. All right, buddy. I'm going to get back into some, some other news stories, so I'll let you off the horn. You're probably close to, close to home now anyways. Are you about, like, where, where are you at? Still in the merit? Wow. You, you called that, like... I'm about a minute and a half away from home. There you go. I can just sense these things. I could tell from the tone of your voice you were hoping I was going to wrap it up. Oh, yeah. Just wrap it the fuck up. All right. Enjoy the family. Any, what, what do you got for dinner? Anything good? What's lined up? 
dinner tonight is a little uh, chicken tomato concoction over rice. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Let See me, how it turns out. Do you get like a daily text from your wife about like what's going to be for dinner? Because I would love that because the entire car ride home, I would just be so excited. Oh, well, if only. This, this I actually uh, concocted. Wait, so you cook it like the night before when you're bored so that I you'll have up, it? Uh, I put this up in the crockpot this morning. Oh, what time do you have to wake up in the morning to have crockpot dinner for yourself at night? The same time that I do when I don't have crockpot dinner. No, nah, that's got to take you some time to put together crockpot dinner. No, it didn't add any real time to my daily morning or wake up or anything like that. I was able to do it just in the in the normal schedule of my morning. Oh, that sounds like some very impressive crockpot skills. Round of applause for Mr. Feltzy and his crockpot skills. All right, I hope you enjoy your dinner. We'll catch you next time, buddy. Later. Bye. All right, bye. All right, that was Senior Feldstein. I had one other news story I wanted to get into. I, I just recommend you look it up. It's called So Long California, Sayonar, New York. Uh, one of the things that I've uh, t- attempted to expose on the show is the fact that states compete and i think that the more localized government is the more it would we would force them to actually work for us the more we could try out different ideas might get into it next week but the honest truth is it's the middle of my work day and i have a lot of work that i'm neglecting so i gotta get to it (laughs) and uh we'll be back next year next week with some more news stories also i just taped a rob's newsroom it's probably gonna be the last one that we ever do more film projects coming out but i think it's gonna be the last rob's newsroom it's all about the fed i actually did too much research for it. If you knew how many books I read about the Fed in preparation for what's a two-minute video of almost complete nonsense, um, you would probably advise me to use my time differently. But you know what? I'm not here for your judgments. So anyways, that's going to be coming out shortly, which is kind of why we had a shorter episode. Not that you care. I don't even think people listen to this whole thing. This might have been the exact amount that you actually made. It's the end. You know what? I'm just going to stop talking. Everybody have a great weekend. Catch you later. Bye.